Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. And before I introduce our guest today, a quick word from our sponsor. Oh, wait, we don't have a sponsor. That's right. But what you could do if you are enjoying this podcast and enjoying the fastest known time work is go to the website and kick in a little contribution there. Use Patreon. You can do go Patreon on a monthly contribution basis and a little bit helps. And I just got to say that uh, it's not going to go to buy me a new yacht. It's going to pay for some server time and basic expenses. This is an all volunteer effort. Jeff Schuler's done an amazing job with the website, as you know. Craig Randall kicks in on helping out with these sound recordings. Peter Backlund is just insane. He gets literally six to seven emails every day on FKT Action, and he curates them. He answers questions and things like that. I'm, of course, just the pretty face or voice or not. But seriously, please go to the website and kick in a little bit here to keep the show on the road. Well, back to the show. Today we have an, a, a really a good guest, a person I have never met or talked to before, Jeff Garmier. Welcome, Jeff. Now, Jeff, uh, you just set the record on the Arizona Trail. Now, your FKT there was done self-supported classic style, but you better the overall record. I think, uh, let me look at this, it looks like by about nine hours. So someone who went supported, you went nine hours faster than them self-supported. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, I think think those numbers are pretty correct. <laughs> well, we're following this on the AZT, and the AZT's gotten a lot of action this past few years. You know, it's kind of like a uh, few people had heard of it. And then it's really picked up steam. I think Anish, Heather Anderson, maybe put it on the map because she she had the, uh, I think, went pretty close to the overall time. Then it started to iterate very quickly. Uh, Michael Versteeg came in like a week before she did. And then... uh Whit Weisbrom was just last fall, and now here you are in April. Uh, so what's up with the AZT? I mean, you, you've, we're going to get into your experience, but help me out on the AZT first. Why, why has it gotten all this attention? What do you think of it? I think the main thing that makes it a little different is it's one of those projects that would be in the shoulder season, kind of outside of when you would work on most or try to set an FKT or attempt something else. So it's either a good thing to train all summer for and try in the late fall or kind of the first thing you do of the year. So that kind of sets it a little bit apart. And then I think just it's a pretty unique length of 800 miles where kind of the it's a stretch or a reach for the, the ultra running world, but still attainable. And it's kind of a, a good distance for the, the through hiking world as well. So I think a few of those factors coincide to make it one of those things that gets on a lot of people's radar. That's an excellent answer. That's so true. So you you finished yours on April 21st, and El Matador Witt finished his in November of last year. Versteeg finished yours in October, and Anish did hers in the end of October. So that's an excellent point. You can't do it in the summer. That'd be insane. And so yeah. you can... If, if for really active people like yourself, here's something to do either before or after a big summer. Yep. Yeah, I think think that kind of nails it exactly. 
Well, let's look at uh, your CV here, and we're going to come back to the Arizona Trail. But a lot of people we have on here are well-known ultra runners. Uh, Darcy Picou was on last week, and next week we have the Speed Goat, Carl Meltzer. But uh, you're, you're legend, <laughs> and of course, you, you wouldn't really have cred if you didn't have a trail name, would you? I mean, if you didn't have a trail name, it's like, yeah, who is this person? But you know, legend's pretty good. I'm, I'm, and I call the viewers out on your website, which is freeoutside.com, or you can Google Jeff Garmier, or go to fastestknowntime.com and look it up that way. But y- your resume is massive. Pacific Crest Trail, Pacific Northwest Trail. 2015, you did all the Colorado 14ers in one year. And then 2016, which is huge, the calendar triple crown. Yep. So you've, um, you, you're, you're a hiker. Yeah, I've been, uh, been picking out the longer and longer treks until recently. <laughs> well, uh, tell us about that. So I went, as I often do, to Ultra Sign Up to check that out. And you've got one ultra race there, while your big hiking resume is huge. So you just, just kind of like Anish, if I may say so, and other people like Flying Brian, you, you, you're a through hiker. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, mostly what I've done. I tried one just 50K and, um, I didn't, I don't know, didn't love it. And then just recently the last year and living a much cheaper lifestyle, it's been hard to justify race fees and stuff. So hiking has been the main thing. And I really like the fluid nature of, of the FKT world versus ultra running races. Like, uh, I was going to start on Friday, um, I think April 5th, but just wasn't feeling great mentally and didn't think it was my day. So I was able to push it off one day and uh, was able to start the FKT this year on, on Saturday, the 6th. So that doesn't really work that way in the, the ultra running world with races where the day is kind of the day. So it's kind of the, the free nature and stuff. And the other kind of thing um, I did do kind of a shakeout last year before doing the great Western loop, which kind of repeated what Andrew Skirka did. I did a double or a double trans Zion. So I did a cross and back. So that was one of my good, more ultra running efforts. And then in the middle of doing the great Western loop, I uh, did, was able to successfully complete Nolan's 14 in 59 hours. So that was, that was another little good bridge to the, the fast moving world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shouldn't be. La- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because that's amazing. That's this is classic stuff. So that Nolan's 14, of course, is like this test piece. It's huge. It's you know 14 14ers in a row. And it's supposed to be done under 60 hours, which very few people until recently have done. And now it's few people instead of very few. <laughs> yeah. But you did it in the midst of a 7,000 mile hike. You just threw it in yeah i've been thinking about trying it for a couple years and i was uh sitting i think i was like drinking a beer or something and uh uh, around the leadville area and was just like well maybe tomorrow morning i'll just try to do nolan's i'm here right now and so went to the coffee shop downloaded um just a few topo maps to help in the in the process and then 
about nine the next morning, I started my attempt at Nolan's with all my, my through hiking backpacking gear. So maybe I'm the person to carry the heaviest pack through Nolan's, but it was, it was a fun push. <laughs> <laughs> you had your through hiker, your entire through hiker kit. Yep. <laughs> well, it's conceivable that, uh, um, Andy, uh, the king of the 14ers, his last name is blanking on me, which is totally weird since we're friends. Who did it in Hamilton, winter? Maybe? He didn't. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Andy Hamilton did it in winter, so he 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 might have the the heaviest pack award. It's possible. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then, as a through hiker, I have to ask you that question. You know, that through hikers like to ask, "What is your base weight?" Yeah, I'm not a huge gearhead or anything, but I would say for longer trips like uh, my 8,000-mile 2016 or my 7,000-mile 2018, it's around 10 and a half pounds. And then for this Arizona nice. Trail FKT, it's well below 10, probably around 7 or so. I'm not a huge gearhead. I don't weigh, <laughs> I don't weigh my gear too much. Okay. Okay. Well, you know how that went. Uh, people, had, uh, it's kind of like how fast is the CPU on your computer? And through hikers were, <laughs> you know, what's your base weight? You know, the lower number is better. Uh, not really, but just, uh, little, it's just a way of identifying that through hiking has its own methodology, isn't it? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that people like you <clears throat> and, of course, Skirka, well, Skirka crosses over. He's an excellent runner. Uh, I've been very successful on the FKTs because you have this methodology down. And by 10 and a half pound base weight, that means skin out. That's everything but food and water. Mm -hmm. So that's all your shelter, all your supplies. That's your cast iron pot, you know, for <laughs> 10 and a half pounds and under. And that's going out for five months. So that's, uh, that's saying a lot. Yeah, I think that through through hiking background really brings in the the comfort with not a lot as opposed to maybe the ultra running where you're a little more used to aid stations and stuff, but there definitely is something to be said for both sides. Indeed. Well, what do you have to say <clears throat> for your side? <laughs> because one of my personal theories for many many years has well, not really a theory, but noting an observation is that once you get past about a week, through hikers are faster than ultra runners. I think it's very interesting. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah. Now they're not. It's not that they're moving faster, but the through hikers have that relentless forward motion aspect. So someone like you, which you know, Carol Sabe took onto the AT and just you know, wiped out the times of some of the best ultra runners in the world previous to him, by that relentless forward motion, you get up, you start walking, mm -hmm. and you keep walking with this extraordinary level of efficiency until it's time to lay down. You just kind of, wherever you are, you lay down, you go to sleep, you get up and you start walking again. So by going at a slower pace, but more time per day moving forward, you're coming up with an overall faster time. Am I describing that? Right. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. I also don't think the difference between through hiking per se or fast packing or whatever we want to call it and ultra running is that great. 
especially kind of once you get beyond, I don't know, a couple hundred miles or so. I think it's more just like people want to say they ran the John Muir Trail instead of they through hiked it and the times might be very comparable. I think it's just how you present something once you get above a certain point because, you know, power hiking and stuff is a huge part of racing at those longer lengths and, and even projects like that too. So I don't think there's this huge difference versus like the categories or the background you come from. So I do think that efficiency though is one of the biggest things to stick out because once you've been on a through hike or try for something where it's self-sufficient, you have to be pretty dialed in and efficient to have as much moving time as possible. Either moving time or sleeping time pretty much is what it comes down to versus trying to make up all those miles by jogging or something like that. Right. I've uh, first noted this back with, you know, the <laughs> the person who put it on the map, at least to me, I think for many people, and that's flying Brian Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh an epic guy, right? The first person to to do the calendar triple crown. For those who don't know what that means, that's the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Appalachian Trail in one calendar year. That's like 7,700 miles approximately. And uh, Peter, Stephanie, and I went out and picked him up outside of Grand Lake, Colorado in September when he was motoring down the CD tree, CDT. And we were so impressed, Jeff. It was like, oh, okay. Because we were, you know, we were well-known ultra runners. And so he kind of knew us. And so we hooked up with him, went for a day. And I was just so impressed uh, with his methods and techniques. It was so different. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to go into it. People can read, people can read up on this, but people, I mean, he, I don't know if he was the first, but he was the first that I knew of that had that wake up in the morning and 10 minutes after your eyes open, you're actually walking. Then he's eating dry granola out of his pocket, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as he's walking down the trail. And then he's eating Snicker bars, you know, measured out to the exact calories per day. And then 16 hours later, he just lays down wherever he happens to be, gets out his little cat can alcohol stove, makes his shitty dinner. I mean, his nutritious dinner that's lightweight and efficient. And underneath his poncho tarp and sleeps and he gets up and boom. He does it again. This was amazing technology to me. And because they had crushed the methodology down to this simple bare bones, they knew it. They knew how to do it. There was no fussing and time spent. So would I be – I mean, looking at your resume, I presume you're on that same level. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, give me an example, Jeff. I mean, tell me, tell me what this might look like for you. What, what, what is, can you give me, just pull an example out of a day, whether it's getting up and getting going or whether it's how you get to camp or something like that? Yeah, I think um, it's planning a few hours worth of eating at a time so you can easily ex- access everything you're going to eat in, say, four or five hours and reach it without taking your pack off and without stopping moving, I think would be a good example and just just having everything down so even the simple act of taking your pack off isn't something you have to do or bending down to grab water out of a stream without taking a pack off it's it's just 
making maximizing that that moving time in in every aspect whether it's knowing it's going to be a clear night and just throwing your sleeping bag on the ground versus setting up a, a tarp or something it's because you know it'll save you five minutes in the morning it's all those all those specific little aspects that's excellent so you've dialed it you've tuned it to the degree that you don't want to just whip your pack off and get a bar out of it and put it back on. That's 30 seconds wasted. Even if it's over the span of a month, you don't want to waste that 30 seconds. Yeah. And I think it's more so when it's, when a lot more hiking is involved, especially in the second half of my trip, it's more so breaking the rhythm of, of continuing at a good pace, like taking off the pack interrupts that rhythm. And it takes a, you know, a couple more minutes to jump back into it. So it's just so much easier to stay in that rhythm and grab everything and be self-sufficient with your pack situated the way it is. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. In my opinion, ultra runners <laughs> who want to do the big multi-day FKTs have a lot to learn from you through hikers. I mean, a lot, because I, I know most of the famous ultra runners who've done this and they've got a lot to learn if they, they they're quite fit and but they don't have this methodology. They don't have this efficiency. And good example has been the AT this past couple of years when string bean uh, broke the record going self-supported. Mm -hmm. And then Carol next year, his friend, Carol Sabe took four days off <laughs> of it. Uh, four days that that's, and then you took nine hours off of the AZT. So you guys are, showing how this should be done in my opinion <laughs> yeah ho hopefully i think there's a lot of room in in all the aspects but even so i'd done probably twenty thousand miles of through hiking before the arizona trail and even i went out for nine or ten days and was hiking back and forth on the arizona trail and a little bit of running too just to get used to the trail have all my system like figuring out which pocket I wanted certain things in, deciding where sunscreen should go. Even, even I had to kind of jump back in and get used to all the methods and routines. So I think it is like a huge learning process every time you get out. Wow. This is another good example, Jeff. You dialed it. So you went out there and went <clears throat> on the actual AZT just to get a feel for the, the technical, the navigation, I imagine, and then know exactly where you wanted to put everything. So once you started the clock, yep. the clock's ticking. <laughs> it's not just morning to evening. No, the clock's ticking the whole time. And so you want to set this up so you're just not going to stop except when you have to to yeah, sleep. Yeah, I felt like I had it really dialed in by the time things actually counted. And if I'd gone out there and started the next day, I would have felt lost for at least a couple of days, I'm sure. Wow. Impressive work. I, I like this. I hope other aspirants are listening. And I also should note that uh, the AZT, AT, all these, all these routes, for those who are listening, are really good routes. And so I, I always, when we, we tend to interview people like you who are standout people so we can learn and be inspired. And yet I'd like to note that you don't have to set an FKT to go out there and have a good time. So, you know, 35,000 people enter the New York City Marathon. They're not all planning on winning, but they're out there having a good time. So I'd like to remind everyone who's listening to go out there, 
have a good time, use the fastest known time website as your bucket list, your to-do list, your inspiration list. And so you're probably not going to beat Legends time on the ACT, but that doesn't mean it's not fun to do it. Yeah, I would say the Arizona Trail is an incredible route. It includes two national parks, one of which is the Grand Canyon, and it's just mind-blowing scenery. It changes so, so quickly. It's not the traditional desert you see pictured in in movies and stuff i think more people should check out that trail it's so diverse and like we were talking earlier such a good length and 800 miles to do in one push or over a couple years it's a lot more attainable than something over 2,000 miles which the more notable trails definitely are right now here's a quick logistical question the the azt cross goes through the grand canyon on the bass trail doesn't it Oh, it's the Kaibab. Okay, so you got the bridge. All right, (laughs) never mind. But you've got to get through that without camping because you don't have a permit. Yeah, this time I didn't, so I just pushed all the way through. But um, last year I did um, about 500 miles of it as part of the Great Western Loop, and I did have a permit that time and camped in the canyon. But they're pretty good working with through hikers if you're going to camp in the canyon. Ah, so if, if night comes and you're there, oh, they'll you're they're not going to oh, throw you out. Oh, I don't know out. about that, but you, if uh, you call or work with them ahead of time, they'll get you a permitted, a designated campsite. Oh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't. Don't camp there if you don't oh. have a permit for sure. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Thank you. I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> gotcha. Well, again, going back to your resume here, the calendar triple crown. I I've talked with Flying Brian and with Anish, and it appears we're, we're trying to develop. I'm trying to develop a list. Who has done the calendar triple crown? And it appears that in 2016 you have the fourth fastest time. And we're not gonna we're gonna make this very unofficial because, as you know, the AT is very specific. The PCT fluctuates a little bit due to fire closures, which are now. Basically, every year there's a fire closure. There's a fire reroute. And the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, is not entirely defined. There's many options. So an FKT on the calendar Triple Crown is a little awkward, if you know what I mean. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to create a list anyway and just note that, hey, don't try to set a record on this stuff, but here's here's how – other people have done it. Is that how you see it or how you think we should handle the yeah, calendar triple crown? Yeah, I don't think there crown? should be a uh, FKT on it. And the main reason I would say, even beyond the the CDT, which has the alternates being involved in it, is there's just so much difference between people jumping back and forth between the trails. So I know uh, this hiker named Swami, mm. He, mm. Uh, he definitely has the fastest time as well, somewhere in the 230 day range. But he did it each trail end to end um, the entire way. And then, so that's how I did it as well. But I think overall there shouldn't be an FKT just because of the fluctuations of jumping back and forth. And, and that being such um, just kind of something that creates separation in a trip. But I think it is cool to kind of, I think of it more as like the Nolan's 14 thing where it's really cool to have done it versus, you know, so much emphasis being placed on the the FKT aspect, which on the Nolan side, I really love that there's an FKT as well, but it is such a cool thing that 60 hours, if you're under 60 hours, you did Nolan's 14 and that's 
really cool. You get a little extra credit for having an FKT on it, but it's just cool to be in the club of being able to say you did Nolan's 14. And I think the calendar triple crown should be pretty similar. Thank you. I'm glad I asked you that. That for the listeners who don't understand what uh, you just said, Flying Brian actually did that when he did his first calendar because he was just going north on the AT and it's just hit Vermont, terrible snow, couldn't get through it. So he bumped off of that and did some other things and came back to finish it up. Well, apparently you and Swami, are you the only ones to go end to end in all three trails? Do you think? I think Brian should get the most credit for pioneering and showing everyone that it could actually be done. I think he even inspired a niche too. So it's pretty incredible. However, he got it done. So one final, almost final thing here. So you had, you uh, seem to have the through hiker lifestyle, if I may, which is not so much of an eight to five job here, taking two week vacation time. Is, am I missing this or is it, I mean, how have you made this work? I don't think you're selling books and movie rights here. So how does this yeah, work for the I rest of us, for- Jeff? A couple years, and then I did the calendar year Triple Crown, and then I came back and worked for um, about a year and a half after that and saved some money, and then took off almost exactly a year ago and did the Great Western Loop, and then I worked up in Tahoe for just a few months over the winter, which turned out to be a crazy winter, and ran and trained in the snow up there and went out and did the, the Arizona Trail FKT. And then, um, yeah, kind of just living off the, the savings for now. I'll definitely jump back into the, the more, uh, corporate or better money making world, but it's, uh, it's more of the, for small periods, it's not, not so much a long lasting career, I would say. So it's just trying to balance living cheaply and making enough money. <laughs> so you, you work. You live cheaply, and then you do monster hikes. Then you that's, do a little more work. Is that how you're been, doing yeah. it? What's next for you? I mean, you, you knocked off the AZT. Is this a back-to-work period now, or yeah, you've got a big project some, for this summer? Some more FKTs, some of the more notable ones, like the Long Trail, the Colorado Trail, John Muir Trail, and the Tahoe Rim Trail. So we'll see how uh, how recovery and ramping back up to a good physical level works, but I'd love to – try my hand at some more FKTs and see how that goes. It's uh, inspirational. These are long, long trips. Uh, and you're probably the only other person besides Andrew Skirka yeah, to have done the Great Western just, Loop, aren't you? two of us. I, I'm sure this is a no. I hope it's a no. But you don't intend to repeat his Alaska-Yukon no, expedition, do you? No. <laughs> Good. Good. Just checking. I was going to try no, to talk you out of with it. With this new, this new FKT set, there's too many things to do in the lower 48 before I go to Alaska. <laughs> All right. Yeah, grizzly bears and pack rafting icy fjords. Eh. No, you're right. There's fun stuff that you can just take <laughs> exactly. a greyhound bus to get to. Yeah, Good call. I just like Appreciate to hit- it's a little easier just to hitchhike. Well, Jeff, this budget, has been... but yeah, Greyhound bus is good too. All right. Take the dog. Well, Jeff, this is terrific. I'm really delighted to get to know you a little bit better. And it's so fun to talk to a committed through hiker. It's uh, 
Hmm. You know, through hiking is its own little niche, isn't it? It's not backpacking. If someone is a through hiker, they're a through hiker. It's a definitive type of athlete that isn't really a backpacker, isn't really an ultra runner. It's its own thing. And so it's really fun to hear you uh, describe that and describe that not just the lifestyle, but the methods that you use. And I really appreciated your description of starting the AZT. <laughs> eh, didn't feel like it today. I'll just start it tomorrow. Yeah, that like yeah. When you put it under that. Good for you. It. Well done. This is inspirational. <laughs> well, I got to get back to work now, Jeff. See ya. No, uh, so uh, <laughs> that's how I feel. Talking to you, I feel like oh, I got to go. I'm getting uptight. I need to get back to work. So thank you for uh, your your calm and excellent description yeah, of some wonderful me. trips.